offering here at St. Paul's for word and sacrament worship centered in Jesus Christ. But as I put this stone before you today, and I think, and I say the word living stone, the, the title for us, living stone, some of you might be thinking, that doesn't exactly make sense. Sounds a little bit contradictory, doesn't it? I mean, you might expect me to say living tree or living breath or something else that actually acts like it's living because this stone just sits here. It's not breathing, it's not moving, it's not doing anything that would indicate to us that it's living. And so, normally when we see a stone, we think that we use it to build something. Yeah, it may not be living, but it's plenty good for other things. Use it to build buildings, to build paths along the way. Use it to build all kinds of things that give it strength, that give it fortitude, that make it strong and hold something together. And yet, when I say living stone, it sounds a little bit contradictory. But that's going to be the, the focus for us this morning, because today as we reflect on the scripture reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, we recognize that some things seem to us to be contradictory. Some things to our human minds, our human understanding, don't make sense. And at the center of all this, Jesus Christ is the center of so many things that don't exactly make sense to us that aren't what we would expect. So we begin with something that seems a little bit contradictory by reading from Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So the cornerstone, the stone that's so center and integral to a building, the stone that is essential to that structure, the stone that, stone that gives it its character, part of the foundation, that cornerstone so essential and integral and as important as it is, was rejected by the builders. And this, the, this word for us from Psalm 118, as you know, comes from the book of Psalms that's centered in the middle of the Old Testament. And how many times can we look through the Old Testament in which we see that the people rejected God's word, that the people rejected God's way, that the people rejected the foundation that God laid for his people? There's the story of the people who God led out from slavery and was guiding them, wandering through the wilderness, and yet they cried out to him. They cried out and said, it would have been better to have left us in slavery. What are you doing to us here? Or then there's the story of which the people cried out over and over again to God, saying, we want a king. Give us a king like all the other nations. And God knew that they didn't need a king, and yet he gave them what they asked for. And sure enough, they saw that even kings, too, didn't follow in God's way. And to give you just one other story from the Old Testament, among which there are many other examples, the fact that God's people were unrighteous and unfaithful to him, and he told them to repent, turn from their ways, or else they would experience true judgment and serious punishment. And yet they didn't. They didn't turn from their unfaithful ways, and so they experienced the punishment that he said was coming to them. They were taken into captivity by Assyria and Babylon. Time after time, we can look into the Old Testament, we read the stories of how God's people didn't follow his word, how they rejected his way, his foundation for them. We also read from Isaiah chapter 28. Behold, I, God, am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. 
Isaiah, on behalf of God, spoke these words to the people at a time in which the people surely were rejecting God, rejecting God for the cornerstone, the foundation that he was. And yet these words spoken by Isaiah spoke to far more than just those people right there in that moment. Because those words also spoke of the cornerstone who had come into this world in the flesh to be rejected by the people. Which brings us to another thing that to us seems contradictory. It doesn't seem to make all that much sense to our human minds and our human understanding. The fact that God, God humbled himself to come into this world. God, who is all-powerful, all-glorious, all-worthy of praise in heaven and high above. And yet he humbled himself. He came into this world in the flesh. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ who walked this earth in the flesh to experience all that this world would put him through. And to our human minds, we think, why would God do that? Why would God leave his great and mighty throne above? Why would God submit himself to all that this world would put him through? And yet Jesus did. Jesus came into this world in the very flesh, and he experienced more than just the challenges and temptations of the flesh. He experienced rejection. Pure and harsh rejection. If you turn to Matthew chapter 28, you hear a story in which Jesus told the people a parable. He told a parable of a man who planted a vineyard. And when he planted this vineyard, he dug a wine press, and he put up a fence, and he put up a tower, and then he leased it to some tenants. So those tenants would take care of it for him while he was not around. And when the time for harvest came, when it came time in the fall for him to get his harvest, he sent to those tenants some servants. And yet, those tenants didn't greet those servants friendly at all. Rather, they beat one, they killed another, and they stoned another. And so the master figured, well, if they've done that to my servants, I'll send them more servants. Surely they won't do it again. And yet, they did it again. They did the very same thing to that next round of servants that he sent to those tenants. So then the master thinks, surely they won't do this again, and surely they won't do it if I send them my own son. So the master sent his own son to those tenants, and they too killed his own son. The tenants had no care for who was coming to them. They didn't care whether it was servants, whether it was servants of their own master. They didn't even care if it was their master's own son. They did what they wanted, what they pleased, what they thought was good for them and what looked good to them. And this is a parable that Jesus told to illustrate the rejection that he experienced. The fact that Jesus, the living stone, came into this world and he was rejected time and time again by mankind. When he taught, people cried out against his teaching and tried to report him to the authorities. When he went into town after town, they tried to run him out. And even when he did miracles right before him, they cried out against him. And the worst of it all is their rejection went so far that they put him on the cross. Hung him on that cross to kill him. And then to lay him in a tomb, sealed with a giant rock, to lay him there dead. They didn't care who he was. They didn't care that he was God-made man. They did as they wished, and they pleased. And all of that that Jesus experienced, he did all of that for you. For you and for me. 
And yet here again is where we get to something else that seems a little bit contradictory, seems to us that doesn't quite make sense for our heads. Because Jesus Christ did that for you and me who are sinful, who are sinful human beings living in this sinful and fallen world, who far too often and in far too many ways sin all the time. Sin in ways much like Peter mentioned in our reading today. Malice and deceit, envy, slander, and hypocrisy. Malice. Thinking in our hearts and in our heads that we just wish something bad would happen to that person who wronged us the other day. Yes, we know in our hearts that we shouldn't ever wish ill upon another person, and yet we just really wish they would get their own. We really wish they would get what they've got coming for them. Or the deceit, the lies and lies and lies that we tell. The lies to our parents about where we were the night before. The lies to our spouse about how we truly feel. Or the lies to our boss about what we really do with our time. Or the slander, that gossip that you told your friend the other day about someone else. That you thought you were just talking about someone else, sharing what's going on in your social circle, and yet that gossip was just that. It was gossip. That gossip that is slowly destroying the reputation of your so-called friend. And these are just the beginning of what we in our own hearts confess to our God above. The fact that we too are filled with sin in so many different ways. That we are poor and miserable sinners who have sinned in thought, word, and deed. Sinners who deserve the punishment that sin deserves. And as Romans chapter 6 says, the wages of sin is death. And yet, you and I do not receive the punishment that we deserve. Yes, there is death in this world. I acknowledge that. That is around us. And yet, there's so much more than just death. You don't have to fear death. And you have so much more for you after death. Because death is not the end. Because there's that second half of Romans chapter 6, verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life. All because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who humbled himself to become man. Who went through this world experiencing the temptations of this world. Who experienced the rejection. And yes, was crucified by who rose. Who rose to defeat death and sin and the devil. Jesus who came into this world to do what seems contradictory to us. To do the unexpected. To do what we don't quite understand. All because of his love for you. Because of his care for you. Because of his grace for you, his chosen and precious child. And so today, we begin considering this title, Living Stone. And so let's go back to thinking about the stone. As it sits here, and no, I don't want to pick it up because it's rather heavy. And that's kind of part of it, because that's part of what a stone is, being heavy and full of this material that's been packed together so that it can be strong, it can be fortified, it can be used for building, laying that foundation, keeping something strong, holding something up. Now we get to add that living part, living stone. Jesus, who is the living stone. So your foundation what you are built on isn't just some dead, immovable stone. It's a living stone. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who gives you forgiveness, who gives you life, who gives you so much more than this life could ever often offer. That is your foundation. You are built on Jesus Christ, the living stone. 
The living stone who, yes, was rejected by men. Who still today in this world is rejected by men and women alike. And yet the living stone who came to do the unexpected. Who came to be rejected for you. To become the living stone stone so that you could be built up on him. Jesus, the living stone. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.